Hi, I'm Sonia Arista. I'm the healthcare CISO for Fortinet. And today joining me is Amar Lakani and Derek Mankey from FortiGuard Labs. Um, we're going to talk a little bit about some of the healthcare cybersecurity threats uh, currently facing the industry today. And to kind of get started, I always have this question of why is healthcare such a healthy you know, indicator? Why is it important when we're looking overall at, at the cyber threat landscape? Hey, Sonia, it's, um, it's great to see you again, by the way. So, you know, I, we, we've been talking about this for years, right? It's just now it's really amplified, I think. It's obviously become even more critical. Healthcare has always been um, a target to attackers. Um, if you look at the the currency for cybercrime, right, it went from, you know, uh, credit cards back 10, 20 years ago to EMRs, you know, uh, medical records, because those are often used in, identity, uh, in, in, in identity theft, which could be used um, for a whole, you know, a whole bunch of matters uh, for 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 profit by cyber criminals. But really, what I'm seeing is a shift in that today. And you know, um, unfortunately, security often takes a backseat to convenience. And if we look at health uh, healthcare providers and networks in general, you 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 have the corporate networks, but you have the critical infrastructures, the ICUs, which everybody knows about today and those are ripe targets unfortunately to cyber criminals there's not a lot of ethics on their ends um, we're, we're actually analyzing in FortiGuard labs ransomware and even targeted ransom attacks that are happening with uh, with, uh, with with healthcare providers um, and it, it's really unfortunate but it is the reality of the things that we're fighting front lines with FortiGuard labs um, you know a year ago, I was predicting that we're going to see a rise in targeted ransom attacks, and we started to see that last year. And um, right now, because of the nature, you know, the new climate we're in, this quote-unquote new normal, uh, healthcare is in the crosshairs. Um, so, you know, we're talking about going after critical service networks uh, uh, for ransom, and um, and that's a big shift. Yeah, Amar, I know you do a lot of significant work looking at medical devices, which is certainly the predominant conversation we have with our customers that are large health systems. You know, why is there such a continuous struggle um, in identification of those devices and then how and then, you know, strategies to protect them? Well, Sonia, I think first we need to define exactly what medical devices are because it's a very broad term. I mean, it can include like uh, diabetes machines pacemakers, ventilators, uh, even automated prescription services, and communication networks that are, uh, you know, specifically for first responders. And all those are at risk. I think they're at risk because they're really complex devices. Healthcare has always been a very interesting vertical because, you know, number one, the number one priority is patient care. And that's before convenience, that's before cybersecurity, that's before anything else that we don't want to compromise patient care. So a lot of times, uh, you know, when we have the ability to do red teaming, to uh, the ability to do segmentation, the ability to put in access controls, we don't do that or we don't always have the ability to do that with medical devices just because we never want to compromise access to patient care, uh, which, which makes it difficult. Obviously, with the landscape that we have going on today, it also means we have a very, very large threat landscape and a good opportunity for attackers to experiment and also a good opportunity for attackers, as Derek said, uh, you know, to not use the best ethics and go after already an overburdened system. And uh, 
so as new devices come online, as hospitals and other healthcare industries are continuously and rapidly, you know, uh, you know, deploying new services, uh, they may not always be following the the flow of uh, securing those devices or even testing those devices as normally as they would. And, and like, like, let's face it, I mean, I mean, right now everyone's on top of everyone's mind is let's get patient care out first. Yeah, absolutely. So we hear from our customers that, you know, research has always had a healthy economic basis for development for medical devices for, for very altruistic reasons. Um, but now some non-traditional manufacturers are jumping in the game with uh, development of, you know, uh, ventilators and, and things that are needed right now and distributing directly to hospitals. What do you foresee might be the the risk in that? Or what are some things that maybe some cybersecurity professionals should be aware of that are trying to protect those environments that are that rapidly changing at the moment? Well, I think the good thing is like a lot of these vendors that we're hearing about that are jumping in and, uh, you know, providing some relief. They're getting a lot of guidance from a lot of different places, you know, from government entities as well as other, uh, you know, other vendors as well. But once again, they're not used to providing, all, you know, following all the regula regulatory compliance issues as well as just in-field experience on how to secure some of these devices. Um, I think at the at the same time, we are seeing these companies that have worked in other industries very good at security. So they're bringing some of their knowledge into the healthcare industry as well, which is uh, which is a nice little trade-off that people are learning from each other. But uh, but I think we have not really hit the, the top of the curve from, as we say, from healthcare devices on what the possible risks, risks are going to be uh, because there's just so many players in there right now. And unfortunately, we're not at a point where we can stop and take a step back and pen test or red team some of these devices to see what the true vulnerabilities that exist on these devices are. Yes, that's a really good point. So yeah, traditional security controls like you know firewall, um, you know security policy uh, implementation, segmentation, all of the things that we typically talk about. Um, you know, right now is not a great time to make changes to your production environment. You really have to kind of support that those policies are in place and that you have them set in an automated fashion. Um, so, Derek, one of the things that I was going to ask you, you know, FortiGuard ingests telemetry data for millions of devices daily. As it relates to healthcare, I mean, do you see any kind of um, indicators or trends that are kind of interesting in terms of the healthcare vertical being a little bit different from garden variety cyber threats? Yeah, so generally, uh, in general, we are seeing uh, 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 more volume in, in the threat landscape and, and healthcare is no exception. Uh, mostly what we're seeing is uh, ransomware. So this is the, the the biggest flavor of attack that's that's hitting uh, healthcare. We do we, we obviously see ransomware in um, you know in other verticals. Obviously ransomware has been dominant for like ten years or so or more. But again, the specific flavors of ransomware that we're seeing are are quite unique in healthcare because it's more of a targeted nature uh, and uh, and and spear phishing that's happening into these environments. So obviously doing things like impersonations of other health officials. Um, this is that. That's that's what we're seeing. That's that's the main difference because, like I said, they are um, prime attack opportunities, and you know it's interesting because usually attackers go after the low hanging fruit. And when they're going after low hanging fruit, they go after things like um, you know open vulnerabilities that haven't been patched for like three or four years. So Amara is just talking about the concern for the med you know you're talking about the medical device. Um, uh, you know, hold there that we're probably going to start to see an uptick in activity, attack activity. Yet. But the reality is right now, because people are so vulnerable, 
that the low-hanging fruit is now turning to people instead of just casting a wide attack against vulnerabilities. And that's what we're seeing is that like, um, you know, we talked about this uh, in a blog, I think earlier in the month, is that uh, we're seeing virus activity go up to 131% year over year uh, in, in March. And that's because these are a lot more attachments that are happening and email campaigns that are going yeah. out. And again, uh, healthcare is being targeted that way. You hear from a large uh, part of our customer base, but specifically academic medical centers or large health systems. There's continuously a balance of having, you know, respect for the people at the front lines and giving them the availability on their downtime to go to websites and check their emails. Um, on the flip side of that, there's also, you know, some risk, and particularly now when you see kind of embedded threats in, in supposedly under the auspices of updated COVID, you know, mapping or heat maps. Um, that actually have, you know, embedded software in them. Um, you're always kind of running the balance of trying to make allowances for your staff and the clinicians, and then also kind of throttle back knowing the the threats and vulnerabilities that are targeting the environment. Yeah, and, and, and these problems are real. You know, we talk about supply chain security. This is in the world of IoT. It's been a, a huge problem in the world of IoT for years, but now in the world of IOMT, as you guys were talking about, the internet of internet of medical things devices that are connected a you have the you know software hardware flaws that could be introduced but b uh, to your point sonia you have a lot of these pop-up environments that are happening just because of the the emergency nature that's out there and so that's um you know it, it, it it's really the perfect storm for attackers right as you know we have a healthcare advisory board that kind of gets us a really close ear to the ground on what people are going to be investing in what's top of thinking i was really surprised this last year to hear that honeypots and insider threat um pursuits were going to be uh, sort of on the top of the list um, in terms of investments that may have changed now i think a lot of people are thinking about their incident response planning um but as we think about you know things like insider threat hunting or adversarial hunting um amar what do you what do you think is going to be you know has anything surprised you coming from all of the people that you've spoken to about kind of what investments are going to be made or what's going to be trending next um, within the healthcare spectrum Right. We, we definitely see an investment in what we call deceptive security technologies, such as honeypots. You know, 40 Deceptor is a good example of that. And, and I think I almost look at insider honeypots as like landmines, like early warning detection systems. Mm -hmm. um, I normally put them on networks that really no one should be accessing, no one should be scanning. So when they do go off, you know, there's something weird going on on the network. You know, hey, why is someone scanning like an NMAP scan on this network segment? So it gives, I, I think it's a great way for uh, for organizations, any organization to really figure out if something weird is going on inside their network. And, you, you know, a lot of people are worried about insider threats. We are seeing a majority of attacks, especially in the healthcare industry, come from the inside. But also don't forget a lot of even remote ha hackers or attackers, when they get in, they're still masquerading as inside users because they're pretty much landing and expanding. And that's where they're doing most of their damage. So, uh, so insider threats, a big deal, obviously, but uh, deceptive networks like honeypots are definitely a good early warning system to mitigate a little bit of that risk. Yeah, I know Fortinet invests heavily in uh, being involved with national and international healthcare IT um, consortiums and organizations. Um, Derek, do you think that, that that is, you know, hitting the mark in terms of kind of collective intelligence? I know that 
the collective intelligence within your, you know, the cyber, you know, um, uh, the the organizations that are contributing to the Fortigard Labs intelligence that's highly you know sophisticated molded over time. Do you think healthcare is really meeting the mark there, or do they still have uh, a little bit to go in terms of coordination of intelligence and threat threat data? Um, I well, I'd like to set the the bar high. I always like to think we can always do a better job. So that would be my first answer to that. I think there is a lot more room to go. Uh, with that said, though, obviously there is a silver lining behind all this that is really bringing this to attention, right? And, and I think that it's a good time really to get this right. Um, so, yeah, of course, we, we are in collaboration. We work with the Cyber Threat Alliance, as an example, um, just studying threats. So we actually have working groups on COVID-19 scams. We're doing our own 40 guard labs um, research on, on COVID-19 scams following the threat landscape. When it comes to remediation, uh, mitigation, and consulting and advice, of course, that's where things like our advisory board obviously come in, so I mean, that's where um, other collaborations that, that we're doing, um, you know, working with, you know, the World Health Organization as, as an example. So it's good because more stakeholders are being brought to the table now. That's absolutely what we need to do. We just need to keep doing it with more cadence, and I can tell you that's happening. I mean, I've I've never been busier working from home here with so many calls because we're um, because there are more stakeholders, you know, being brought to the table, uh, which is uh, which is good. You know, there's a lot of challenges. We talked about the threat landscape, but there's also the the the, the fact that you know um, within healthcare, there's a lot of uh, legacy systems that are out there. You know, old mainframes, uh, systems that that have old vulnerabilities that need to be addressed. And we're also seeing that on the threat landscape. So there's the old and there's the new, and both of those are really converging together. But yeah, there, there, there's more room to grow as always, but the good news is people are answering the call. Yeah, there, yeah. I will add from a threat hunting standpoint as a threat hunter, I've never seen it where, where different groups and different organizations, especially in healthcare, are getting together and sharing information and being more active about it than they ever have before. So that's pretty amazing. I mean, if you look at like any of the threat hunting groups, if you look at Twitter, if you look at uh, any, any of the groups out there, everyone's like eager to share information because they want to make sure everyone's protected and everyone has an easier time protecting against anything possibly unseen or uh, no one to get surprised this time. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up because I think that municipalities and, and local governments are being more proactive in getting those groups together. I'm um, certainly in my experience as the, the CISO of a medical center in, in uh, inner city Boston, um, we met regularly with our local law enforcement to share with other hospitals in the space you know, what we were seeing at any given point in time. And that was incredibly helpful just to kind of keep tabs on where you were in relation to um, you know, to some of the others of your peers in the same in the same industry. Yeah, absolutely. Amazing indeed. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you both for joining us today. It's great. Great to chat. I look forward to our next chat. <laughs> thank you. All right. Take care.